everyone, this is Maria. And this is Christina. We are two good friends, young wives, and lovers of good food and the outdoors. So grab a mug of tea and join us for this conversation we call Real Life. Hey podcast listeners, this is Maria and Christina and Megan. We are all three here for the first time. So exciting. A season of transition. We wanted to do this final episode with Maria and bring Megan on as well. That's right. Megan's been a great friend and obviously sister to Christina. Absolutely. So this is going to be very special to have Megan step in for me. I'm so excited for you all to get to know Megan better. She's um, appeared as a guest a couple times, but it'll be really fun for uh, her on-air personality to come out this summer. (laughs) And she's got lots of great topics to share with you. Um, Megan, as many of you might know, is on the farm with me as well. But we both do completely different things on the farm. So she's going to bring a whole another level of that life into the podcast, along with her interests and hobbies that she does. So welcome, Megan. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. (laughs) So I think we'll start at the beginning. Megan, who are you? (laughs) Well, I am the third child of Jerry and Dottie Snyder, so Kelby is my second older brother, Um, and I have all biological brothers, so thank God for Christina and Tara (laughs) and all of my sister-in-laws, because that's the only way I could get a sister. Um, So I was born here, and I've grown up here basically my whole life, with a few little trips here and there. One point in time, Marie and I went to Bolivia on a missions trip. And I love the farm. I've been highly involved since I was pretty young. And even before I was technically doing that, they called me the the cow midwife. (laughs) Because that was just something that I never get tired of watching is cows having their babies and the bond between the mother and the baby. Mm. So, and along the time frame uh, my mom started a 4-H club so that got me into other species not just the cows that we had on the farm Mm -hmm. so I worked with the 4-H dog club and um, our neighbor around the corner um, Pete McDonald who owns EIEIO farm yes there is actually a Mr. McDonald who owns an (laughs) EIEIO farm um, saw me at the county fair one year and got me into market lambs so that started another love of other four-legged creatures And when I was in high school, I decided to learn more about the human body, and I took a human A&P course. Um, I was homeschooled all of my schooling years up until college, and then I was able to take a few classes here and there at Alfred University or Alfred State um, as a junior or senior in college. And so I utilized the equestrian center, Alfred University. I think I took like three or four classes there. Um, I got a couple of classes that I knew I would need to take if I went to college out of the way Alfred State because I am not a writer. (laughs) So we got the freshman composition out of the way. Um, And then I was able to decide that I wanted to go to Alfred State for veterinary technology. And that's how we met. I came your second year of school, right? Or was it your first year? I started in 2008. Okay, I started in 2009. So we met Megan's second year in school. And Megan and I were best friends first before Kelby and I were everything. I did not know that. That's <laughs> oh, so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it was a fun dynamic, but it was an interesting transition from like dating my best friend's brother. <laughs> <laughs> but I was it, just excited. <laughs> yeah, it works out great, you know, and now all three of us are working together side by side on the farm, so it's really fun. But we met at Alfred State, yep. and we would take our lunch breaks together and hang out in the egg lounge and hang out after classes were done before yeah. Bible study. Lots all the of time things. hanging out. So after, and I also borrowed all your notes from your first oh, yeah. year classes. <laughs> because she was doing ag and I was doing vet tech, a lot of the first classes overlap. Yeah, so that was really helpful because Megan takes great notes. And uh, it's an interesting, like, dynamic too because Megan, speaking of how you're such a good note taker, Megan is very thorough and um, I'm relating this to our teaching now because we do classes so Megan is very thorough in like her notes and um, her measurements and that type of thing. And uh, most of you know I'm not very thorough. As far as that goes, I, I don't measure things and I'm just like, let's get this done type personality. So we teach together a lot of classes and it makes for a fun dynamic because we're all created so differently. Mm-hmm. And so usually half the class relates to Megan and half the class right. relates to me. So it's a fun element to work together on the farm. And, and even though we're opposite, like, we work so well together. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think it's definitely brought out, you know, because I am learning that sometimes it's okay not to measure. Yeah, and, and I'm learning to measure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good for both of us. And Christina is really spontaneous, and I tend to be more, like, planned out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she would be like, oh, you want to come over for a sleepover this weekend while we're in college? And then at, like, 1130, she'd be like, let's go to Wegmans. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it <aprons>. happens. <laughs> we dressed up like June Cleaver. <laughs> yeah. So Wegmans is really fun at, like, 12 o'clock at night. They're not even open that late anymore oh, because sad. of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now they're closed. So we, we've kind of talked about college years. And now um, last year when Kelby and I took over the farm, we hired you. Oh, I guess it was this year. We hired you full time yeah. on the farm. So I'm now Megan is full time. I, I convinced her to quit all of her jobs, except she still does some pet sitting. Yeah. <laughs> but I was fun. like, Megan, we need you. That gives me the small animal side of things. Yeah. So Megan, and oh my goodness, Meg, you've done such an amazing job with our calves this year and our cow health. Like, I can't believe how you've turned the herd. Not that we were bad before, but just calves that we would have lost in years past. Megan is down there and has found so many organic treatments for... Uh, diseases that would normally, or I, I don't even know if I'm using the right word. What are like, what is it a virus that takes them out? Oh, uh, they're bacteria. Okay, yeah. so that type of thing that would normally a calf wouldn't make it. Megan right. is like a superhero. And a lot of that too <laughs> is just having the freedom to be like, here's an allotment of money and here's yeah. a budget because before I didn't really there have was a no budget. Allocation. So I didn't have the ability to go out and find the stuff that would actually work. So that's been a lot of, like, I'm not technically a vet tech anymore. I let my license lapse. Um, I was licensed when I graduated. Um, But unfortunately, the kind of things that I'm doing and the kind of things I learned in college, most of them do not overlap. Because we are organic, we are grass-fed, you just have to do your own research and find stuff out on your own. So, you know, but having the ability to actually purchase those things and say, yes, this works. And, oh, my gosh, you know, we're cutting our mortality rate by huge percentages just because we have something that works that we are approved to use Mm -hmm. by our inspector. So it's really fun Mm -hmm. and such a blessing to have you here. And Mm -hmm. 
She also is in the store with me, and she works almost every day except for Fridays. Yeah. Friday's your day off. And uh, we have so much fun. I'm glad we are not doing farmer's markets this summer. <laughs> so, huge relief right there. We're just focusing on the farm store, and so Megan will, um, you make your soaps. And you were able to live with us in the cabin this year and do a lot of soap making. So Meg, tell us, how did you even get started on making soaps? So after I graduated from Alfred State, I was just kind of hanging out, waiting for my licensing exam to come up. And the local Dollar General was doing a renovation and redoing the whole store, putting in different framework for aisles and that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, hey, I don't have anything to do. I'll go and work for them. So I went and worked at Dollar General for about two years. And after I did the renovation, they decided they were like, hey, if you're interested, we can offer you a part-time job here. And I was like, okay. So my job was to run the, the register, cash people out. And of course, I didn't realize this before I started doing retail, but you can't just stand there all day waiting for customers. You have to do other things as well. So I was restocking and then facing, which is basically just making all of the shelves look even and beautiful so that a customer wants to take something off of it. And while I was doing that, I was working mainly in like the snacky food chocolate aisle and then the health and beauty aids, which is all of your shampoos, your deodorants, everything like that. And I'm looking at the soap and I'm like, I don't even know what these ingredients are because they're all in chemical names and they sound scary and they don't sound good and when I was in school we learned that the skin is your largest organ and so you need to be careful what you put it on it. So along that time um, my younger brother John decided to get goats and so we thankfully Kelby helped us we drove to Michigan and we brought home three goats and I'm like okay so now I have to figure out what to do with this goat milk. And I was like, well, everybody talks about goat milk soap. And I was like, this way I could know what ingredients I am putting in the soap. It would be way healthier. The goat's milk addition makes it super, super good and nourishing on your skin. Mm -hmm. And if I want to use it, I'm sure there's other people that would want to use it. So I started Sunny Homestead and I made it my first batch of soap and it was a complete flop. Oh. It still cleaned, but it wasn't quite right. <laughs> it actually had a skin that you could peel off the bottom. And I was oh, like, weird. well, that's weird. So I was a little bummed, and I didn't make soap for a couple months. And then I got back into it. And after that first flop, things went much more smoothly. And so I started handing little pieces out to my friends and family. Be like, here, try this. Tell me what you think. And everybody loved it. I don't think I got any negative reviews. So I was like, okay, well, let's let's have fun with this and see what we can do. And I think one of my first big customers was actually the church. We used them as favors for mm-hmm. a ladies' Christmas dinner. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, like a year later, when Mike and Christy Lee got married, mm-hmm. they had me do the favors for their wedding. And so I have just been having a lot of fun. Um, I kind of set my soap apart in that I use organic ingredients Mm -hmm. and it has goat's milk in it. But also most people that make soap especially and sell it, they do large chunks at a time and they just cut it into chunks. So they'll make like five to ten pounds of soap and they'll just cut it into squares, which is great and it still keeps you clean. But if I'm giving soap for a gift, it's kind of nice to have a really pretty uh, mold. 
So like for Mike and Christy's wedding, their theme was butterflies. So I was able to find a butterfly mold that would be really beautiful as a favor. Mm -hmm. And then I could customize different portions to be different colors and do detail and have the butterfly be purple instead of yellow or white. And so that is what set my soap apart is that I use individual molds and make a really beautiful bar of soap so much so that some people are afraid to use it because they're yeah. going to rub all of the beauty off. <laughs> yeah. But I just tell them I can make more. It's kind of like, you know, baking. If you make a beautiful cake, it's meant to be consumed. Mm-hmm. So Speaking of cakes, my favorite, all-time favorite now, was the favors you did for our sister-in-law Katie's baby shower this year. Megan did a uh, gender cake <laughs> out of soap and it smells so good. The blue is so vibrant. Yeah. It's amazing. So that particular cake, I kind of veered away from my normal in that blue is really hard to get in natural colorants, which is usually what I use. So I use a lot of turmeric, a lot of um, powdered root infusions mm-hmm. in olive oil so that they bring the color across. But blue is really hard for that and or really expensive. So for that soap, I took the easier route and I used man-made mica powders. But I was very excited with how it turned out. What was that scent? I love it. I'm still using it in the shower right now. Coconut cream. Oh, it's amazing. I want to, like, eat it. (laughs) It's a really good scent for a cake soap. (laughs) Yeah, that was stunning. It's so neat to hear the process of, of what goes into making your soap. I didn't know all that, Megan. Yeah. That's yeah, really a lot cool. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to me. And as someone who measures, I guess, you know, that's kind of part of my personality. Yeah. Because soap making, there's a little bit of wiggle room, but you kind of have to be exact because you're working with a caustic ingredient. Right. You know, lye isn't something that you want to have too much of in your soap, whereas garlic powder, people may not know just so much in your cooking. That's why Christina uses melt and pour <laughs> <laughs> when we're using the boys. But uh, Maria and Megan go way back, too. Do you want to talk a little bit, Maria? Yeah. So we naturally got to know each other um, when I started coming to church in Alfred, coming to Bible studies. But I think our first um, close connection was when we gardened together Mm -hmm. for a couple years. I really got to know you more. We got to work as a team and build a beautiful garden, which was just up the road from the farm. So that was really special. Um, I remember we got to, you know, just share life as we weeded (laughs) or planted things. So that was really cool. And then Megan's done my restart class. We've gotten to work together on nutrition, and that's been really cool to share that love of real food. Yeah. And then our trip together to Bolivia. That's right. We were there for just about two weeks, Mm -hmm. um, staying in an orphanage and helping out with the kids. And Mm -hmm. that was an amazing experience to see a different culture, especially in Mm -hmm. South America. As a team going down there, we definitely bonded really close as family because there were little crisis uh, experiences that we went through. Started right off the bat, too, yeah. as soon as we got to the airport. Yeah, um. they weren't going to let us through because they had changed rules and said we needed a visa um, before we left the States, whereas we had always gotten a visa in Bolivia before so wow. right off the bat we were praying and you know what a high when we got through yeah. <laughs> it was so cool so I yeah, bet yeah we had a lot of fun came back way closer um, from that experience definitely so and Maria is the deacon over missions at our church and she pulled on all of our heartstrings a couple weeks ago talking about orphans in Bolivia that need to find homes 
We were all like, give me that baby. Aww, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. There was a baby when we were in Bolivia, and everybody was just in love with her. Uh, she was the cutest little thing. Mm-hmm. I think we actually got to feed her a couple of times when we were watching the kids so that the, the aunties that care for the children could have a night off, and we were just mm-hmm. in love so with her. So sweet. They're yeah. so adorable. Mm-hmm. So do you have any trips, Maria, planned for this summer in Oblivia? I don't. <laughs> with with COVID, missions has definitely shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a lot of people uh, interested in going and serving. So I think in the near future. That's exciting. It'll definitely happen. Yeah. So instead, how will you be spending your time this summer? Yeah. Well, we mentioned um, on the podcast when Christine and I were talking about purpose how I've really been excited to uh, niche down my business. And so that's something I'm, de- I'm working on and developing this summer. Um, and like Megan said, <laughs> she's like the midwife of cows. Uh, my goal is to really be the midwife of nutrition, where I support women in uh, preconception, prenatal, and postpartum health. Mm-hmm. And that really includes getting their baby started on their first foods and, and helping them with any um, health needs that their child has and supporting family health. So I'm very excited to dive more into that nice. and, and share more content on fertility. So that's where I'm diving in. I'm going to be uh, opening up some classes and opportunities for people interested in those services for sure. This so summer. how would you like our listeners to stay in touch with you? Through your website, are you going to be most active or Facebook? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am active through Facebook, Instagram, and my website. Okay. So uh, you can choose your forte. I've definitely been doing a lot more videos on social media. So if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you'll be able to catch those. Cool. And I'm bringing, bringing some practical meal prep ideas on there and then more of the education of, you know, the nutrition that you need for your body nice. to thrive. And then if you want recipe resources or if you love to read that's where my website comes in because I'm posting articles on there cool yeah oh it's so exciting I can't wait to see where you go with this Mm -hmm. and how you blossom into this new stage for Mm -hmm. thriving health yeah it is really fun it's a great passion and what can you expect from Megan and I this summer? A whole bunch of fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably talk a lot about our lives and what's going on. Um, farming, being pregnant in the middle of summer as a farmer. <laughs> uh, and just fun things. And Megan's going to touch on a lot of subjects that Maria and I haven't mm-hmm. touched on. Like the soap making and cosmetic making. Another thing that she makes that I love is her tinted lip balm. So uh, probably lots of mini-sodes with Megan's fun hobbies and goats. We didn't really touch yeah. a ton on the goats, but um, Megan could write a book on, on goat keeping. and thought about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll be having lots of fun on the Real Life Podcast, just covering life, and hopefully Maria will jump on every once in a while with us and We'll also be doing our Sustainable Farm podcast, which will be more focused on the farming aspect uh, and what's going on at Sunny Cove. So it'll be a fun summer 
full of stories and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> so thank you so much, Maria, for uh, all the fun episodes that we've had over the last mm-hmm. two years and just the, the good times. Yeah. And thank you, Megan, for joining us. Uh, and now we'll be changing the name to The Real Life with Megan and Christina. Thank you for having me. This is exciting to see what happens this summer. So if you guys, as you've heard from Megan, want to know more about something that we touched on today, feel free to give us a message. You can follow both of us at sunnycovefarm.com or on the Facebook page. When you reach out on our Facebook, facebook.com slash sunnycovefarm, it's Megan or I responding. So uh, if you're looking to talk to either one of us, direct the question to us. And Maria, we're so excited for you. Thank you. This has been such a blast, such an honor to share life with you, Christina, through this podcast. So farewell, listeners. I love you all. Farewell, but not goodbye forever. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, thanks for listening.